Welcome to Earned Wisdom for Accomplished Female Leaders. You've done it all. You've walked the tightrope of success and accomplished so much in your career. Now what? How do you keep redefining your success and expanding your emotional well-being? Join us to hear talk on mindset, motivation, and your growth in handling the challenges you've experienced both in circumstances and with yourself as a leader. Welcome to Earned Wisdom for Accomplished Female Leaders with your host, Tracy Crossley. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Earned Wisdom for Accomplished Female Leaders. This is episode number 28, and the working title is, I'm a strong leader, but I'm afraid to manage the way I want to. Fear in leading is a bitch, ain't it? Yes. Okay. So we all know the big five personality dimension, right? I mean, if you've been working as an adult, obviously, well, maybe even children know nowadays, you know, with the internet, God only knows the big five personality dimension, right? And also called ocean. Ocean to me is such a remarkable predictor when it comes to career success. And there's been studies done about it. So the main focus of today, of course, is through the fear in managing, okay? And how much fear women leaders have in managing people according to what they know versus trying to please or not upset others, right? Being too agreeable. Agreeableness is one of the uh, big five personality traits. So being too agreeable can also be a problem for leaders in managing others. They are who need to make hard decisions and deliver bad news in order to get things done, because most of us who are very agreeable have a hard time with that, right? Workplace stress and high burnout are also a problem for leaders that are overly agreeable and for their subordinates. The worry, AKA neuroticism is an issue. Neuroticism is also one of the personality uh, traits. And you're gonna focus on that rather than what you need to do. See, a lot of what I talk about is what we focus on, rather than what we could focus on to feel better, to feel empowered, okay? So when you have an attachment style, because we're going to start throwing some insecure attachment into this because it is everywhere. If you are attached to anything outside of you, results, people, certain, let's say anything, anything in life, working with certain people, having certain clients, and you're living and dying by it, guess what? You have insecure attachment because you're insecurely waiting for those results. You're needing those results. And as long as those results are stronger than you, you're insecurely attached, okay? I'm gonna be repeating this a lot because it gets in the way of leadership. So anyways, when you have an attachment style that plays on insecurities, whether it's anxious or anxious avoidant or avoidant and any other, let's say, derivative of an attachment style, It shows up differently, but even avoidance have anxiety too. So I could be heard saying, I don't want them to hate me. Then I don't want to hurt people's feelings because they might leave or they're going to think I'm a horrible leader. Like those are the kind of things that we might think about. So anyways, let's get into this. In case you haven't heard of Ocean, it's openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And by the way, I've been doing a series on YouTube about 
attachment issues related to ocean, because that's what my book on the secure female leader, that's what my book agent is out selling right now. Yeah, because I'm talking about how these two are married together, which is great, right? Because that helps you to go, okay, I can do something here. I am not stuck with my leadership style. And I'm not saying that your leadership style ever needs to go in total. It's always about refinement. It's always about refinement. So you have emotional well-being. Okay. So results show that career success predicted changes in personality for neuroticism, extroversion, and openness. Higher income predicted a decrease in neuroticism and an increase in openness. Higher prestige predicted a decrease in extroversion and an increase in openness. Also, extroversion or conscientiousness are resources that help individuals attain career goals and success. Yeah, they do. But just like neuroticism can be a hurdle or a barrier that hinders the attainment of career goals and success, okay, because it can, all right, so can any of the other uh, four areas of ocean. Okay, so this gives you an idea though. But now let's really call the issue we see stemming from agreeableness and neuroticism for today, because I'll be talking about the different ones and I don't want to bring, you know, the whole pot of spaghetti into one episode because there's so many different topics that I can cover and I just don't want to get lost in the, okay, let's use all of the, all of the dynamics. I mean, I'm sorry, all of the personality traits that we're talking about right now. So we're just focusing really on agreeableness and neuroticism. So with agreeableness, though, before I go on, I don't want to just say, oh, you know, we just have negative traits. There's some positive traits, too. Absolutely. Like being kind and considerate and helpful toward other people. Agreeable leaders are highly cooperative and sociable, and they aim to keep relationships harmonious and prefer the use of compromises in dealing with conflicts. Yeah. And of course, as we know, the negative being people pleasing is the other side of agreeableness, right? Because agreeable leaders tend to avoid the disagreeable, such as giving criticism or asking someone to do something they don't want them or the person doesn't want to do or changing direction, which might ruffle feathers. Really pivoting is a big part of being a leader and you may fear the backlash, right? Because you need that external validation because you're putting your value in the place of getting everybody to get along and get on your team rather than what's happening to the business. What direction are we headed into here and focusing there because you fear losing support. And, you know, a lot of female leaders that I've known have even done the work of other people. Yeah, because they have feared losing support. Oh, I can't ask Shirley to do this because she's going to get angry. So you couple this with anxiety and attachment to how others perceive you and you're never going to be able to lead without fear. You're always going to need the approval. You will need to know that people aren't ditching you and think you are a good boss instead. That's what you want. And let's say they do, you might fear upsetting the apple cart, right? They think you're great. They're like, God, you know, so-and-so is such a great boss. But that makes you feel like you're locked in a prison because again, you're afraid of upsetting that apple cart. So why is this a problem? Well, it's a problem if you want to avoid burnout. Rescuing everyone and giving out awards for good behavior are not going to get you unlimited success, okay? It can buy you resentment and then alienate those you manage. Because when you are 
doing things like this, you're the one who's building resentment, by the way, in yourself, even if you're not saying it out loud. So if some people perceive you play favorites, this is going to obviously cause relational issues. They may play the victim or the bully, and you will feel as though you have lost control of the ship. As a female leader, the last words you want to describe, okay, you, that you want anybody to use to describe you are unreasonable, unrealistic, and impractical, right? I mean, women have to fight this kind of bias as it is. But when you start hearing it out loud because of fear and because you're let's say, afraid to say or do something that's going to upset someone else, that's not a way to live. You're walking on eggshells, right? And as a leader, that's not helping anybody. So you may be anxious about appearing too agreeable or not agreeable enough. And that's like walking a tight layer, right? Like, okay, I better not do this because people are not going to like me. Okay, I, I, you know, if I do this, then I'm too agreeable and nobody's going to listen to me. Mm -hmm, right. So you don't trust yourself. And it means that you trust, you know, you trusting others more to let you know how to lead. Therefore, you lead by committee and there's nothing original in it when you fear saying or doing the wrong thing. What's the wake up statement? True confidence is a total trust of yourself, not reliant on feedback from others. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my client, my client, Onella. <clears throat> well, she's just sweet and everyone thinks she's sweet. And that is what she said to me the first time we met. She said those words exactly. So what it was is that <laughs> she had been told this over and over. And no one takes her seriously is also what she said at the same time. Because she has her business in the financial sector and does really well. I, I shouldn't say really well. Now she does. But before she was doing fairly well. She has a staff of 10 people and most of them she treats like her children or friend. She really doesn't have any kind of real boundary with herself. And she doesn't have really a boundary with other people because if you don't have it with yourself, you don't have it with other people either because she fears them leaving her to do the work alone. So as a young girl, she was left alone a lot and she would spend a lot of time pleasing her parents so they did not abandon her because somehow in her mind, she felt she was the one causing them to be gone. But in reality, that wasn't the case, obviously. They both worked full time and her mother had other commitments outside of that. And her dad wasn't really around. And when he was, he wasn't really checked in. So unfortunately, she grew up believing she had to overperform to get attention and love. And she felt the way to keep people around was to be indispensable to them. So they couldn't live without her. And the big issue is she had in coming to me what caused her to come in the first place was her burnout and that she was sick of feeling taken advantage of by the people in her business. And also she saw her business as being stuck. It was like at a dead end. And it seemed she was able to grow it, you know, to this place, right? To the certain revenue dollar, but not beyond it. Her employees were not open to her new ideas and would tell her as much whenever she suggested it. It was difficult because she would then back down, too afraid to leave and too afraid to do anything other than what she had been doing for the last 10 years in her business. So a lot, right? But I'm sure you can relate to that. So Anil and I focused on her lack of confidence and fear of abandonment. She did not see that when she came to me at all, like she didn't even recognize, oh my God, she's right. I have a lack of confidence because Onella is a really nice person. As most of everybody listening, I am sure is a really nice person. We all can be very nice, right? And yet that doesn't mean we have confidence. And it also doesn't mean that we never think about being abandoned because a lot of us do fear abandonment. When you are really nice, 
You are trying to keep people around you, okay? I'm not saying be a bitch. <laughs> I'm not saying, oh, you should be a jerk. But I'm talking about when you're overly nice. She was like overly nice. She was overly nice to such a degree. So anyways, but she didn't see this when we first started working together. As we dug deeper, she could see how she held herself and her business back from being a greater success. It was really hard for her to start taking the reins in a way that could threaten others since they had become very complacent at their jobs. Oh yeah, she had, I mean, it was, it was a thing because she did not want to upset the people that worked for her. It was in her way, it was like, oh, it's okay for me to be upset. It was okay for me to suffer. Oh, but the people that work for me, I must keep them from suffering. But in reality, it wasn't about suffering. It's about making the business move forward. And she had to take the reins, okay? And so the other thing that Onella didn't realize in the beginning was that she had a lot of underlying anger issues too, especially when she saw how she sacrificed so much for her employees. She had, I mean, she really did. She'd even sacrificed earning more. So they were paid just as well as she was for doing far less, not to mention everything she did to build the business in the first place, being her business and everything, every risk she took to get there. All right. So getting honest was very important to her being able to become confident and confront herself compassionately. Today, Onella has doubled her business in size and revenue. She no longer treats herself as though she has no value, which is like amazing and makes decisions that she no longer backs down on. Nope, she doesn't. She has realized the value in that. Like when you put all of your confidence into that basket and you are focused and you're clear, that my friends is what she's able to do without all of the internal turmoil. That internal turmoil has gone. So she did have turnover. There were employees that totally were like, ah, I'm not doing this, I'm out of here. But she had other ones that stayed and they were grateful for her finally taking the reins. These people were loyal and it surprised her because she really didn't realize, wow, these people actually value me and value the business. That's how clearly she didn't see herself. And what changed was amazing because as she did see herself clearly, it was okay to her. Like she felt like she deserved it. So it was okay to her to get positive feedback and not feel like she had to overperform to continue to get positive feedback. Like she could accept it and she could act in a way that was good for her and good for the business, which ended up being good for everybody who was working for her. So Yahoo for her, right? I mean, doubling the size of her business, doubling the amount of people that worked for her, pretty damn good, I'd say. You know, uh, to me, doubling my business in size and revenue because of that, yeah, that is a reason to celebrate, isn't it? And doing it from a place of feeling good, that to me you can't top that, right? Okay. So what's the solution? Well, as I always like to say, it's all about you. Building confidence is your goal. Building confidence is not about your skill set or intellectual capacity. Nope, nope, nope. It's about believing you deserve all the good life has to offer because you breathe. You breathe and therefore you're enough and need to accept it. Acceptance is a key to confidence, okay? Because confidence actually means you are accepting yourself just as you are. Okay. That is, that's like the foundation. Then the first step after that is to be honest, honest with yourself. Notice the stories you tell yourself, the ones that are basically lies. And a lot of us, we lie to ourselves and we don't think we're lying to ourselves, but we've been telling these stories for so long in our heads that, you know, they're as old as the time on your, on this planet. I mean, really, you have stories that are that old. And perhaps they change in context, but your lack of belief in yourself will cause you to lie. 
The more you believe in yourself, the more you get away from the false stories and excuses. They allow you to see yourself clearly. So when you start dropping the stories, when you, well, first of all, you want to look at the validity. Okay, when I'm driving home and the story I'm telling myself in my head about my business or about what I do for a living, is it negative? Is it helping me? Is it putting me in a place of denial? Is it having me avoid something? Is it making me feel less than? Or is it building me up, but not really building me up, building my ego up in a way that I feel like I need to take over everything and do everything in the business, right? Because that's anger and that's not what you want. You want to look at what is the root of these stories that I tell myself? And they go back to your old beliefs. That's exactly where they come from. And you get to question that. Okay, does that belief work for me? Now, of course, when I work with people, we do a deeper dive. We do a deep dive into emotions because long ago, and maybe in a land far, far away, I don't know, but long ago, when you were a kid, you developed a belief system based on things around you, based on how you perceived things, meaning person places things, every everything in your environment, okay? And you made some self-assessments without realizing it. Like, we don't realize we're doing this as children. How could you? So you have certain beliefs you've set up. And the ones that happen to be there are the ones, I mean, a belief comes because you have an emotional response to a thought over and over and over again, usually because it happens over and over again. Somebody tells you something about yourself and you hear it multiple times and you have an emotional response to it, you believe it and that becomes a belief. So to undo beliefs, we have to do deeper emotional work. But even if you do the things I ask you to do in the podcast, like you say, okay, Trace, I'm going to go ahead and try these things. That is great. You're going to make progress. But if you want to take it to the next level, then you're going to want to reach out to business at tracycrossy.com and I can help you with doing the deeper emotional work. We can help your whole team with doing the whole emotional work that needs to happen because it matters. It makes a difference. Okay. So the wake up statement again. True confidence is total trust to yourself, not reliant on feedback from others. You have a right. You have a right to feel empowered. In becoming empowered, you trust that right or wrong, what you bring to your work has value. You don't question your value or the value of what you say or do. You trust that you may not have all the answers and that still doesn't diminish who you are as a leader and a female. Thank you so much. And again, you want help with this? Uh, you are interested in having a conversation? email business at tracycrossley.com and I will either speak with you or one of the people on my team will speak to you about our programs and see if we have one available or if we need to customize a program for you and or your team. All right, you guys, please take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining today. For more information on Tracy and her programs and to set up a discovery session, email business at tracycrossley.com. That's business at tracycrossley.com and go to tracycrossley.com to get your free download entitled Stop Your Inner Dictator. Thank you for tuning in to Earned Wisdom for Accomplished Female Leaders. Thank you.